Welcome back to another episode of Where I Grew Up To Podcast, episode five in full effect. We go, man, I really love this song that's playing right now. I'm telling you, it feels like, it feels like we're, we're traveling through time right now. Back in 1987, cruising through space all the way to 1990. Man, I'm telling you, this song really hits. I just got to say to everybody out there that's listening, thank you so much for the love and support, for purchasing my prints, for staying supportive, for always staying positive to the uh, to the photography that I take, for always ignoring the haters as per usual, because the more I grow, the more they flow. That's just how it is. You know, they're going to keep on coming no matter what it is. And uh, um, I, I just feel like, I just feel like, man, I, I can't believe I've sold this many prints. I'm just, I'm, I'm literally baffled by it, by the amount of prints that, that, that the, my supporters and my fans, you know, have put their hard earned dollars for, you know? So I basically came into conclusion where I'm like, I'm just going to keep everything limited. And it's been a pretty good run. Every time I put a 10 limited print up, it sells out quick. And I got to tell you, man, it's been it's been honestly a blessing. Like I had no idea that I would have been this type of photographer. I had no idea that I would have been selling prints. Like if you were to tell me that back in the day, I'd be like, what are you talking about? It's just so crazy. And you know, just feeling the love from the people from the community have been really very, very supportive, you know, towards that. And, uh, I mean, what's the date today? We're, we're definitely on Friday. What are we on today? We're on Friday. Uh, I believe today's date is, what is today's date? Today's date. Let's go ahead and check on the internet. Today's date is, we're looking at June 12th. Okay, so we're over here June 12th and it's Friday. We're still in the beginning of June. A lot's been going on. What's been going on with my week? Well, let me tell you. Last Sunday was YG's music video shoot for the uh, FTP music video and I felt like was the last crucial day of protesting where the whole city just kind of combined all together and just protested in the streets of Hollywood. And yeah, you, I just felt like the, 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 the officers in that area didn't even approach that area. They just said, let the people do what they want to do, basically. But nobody looted, nobody vandalized. I mean, everybody stayed positive and f- from basically from what I was documenting. And that was it. YG recorded his music video, dipped out. I took some photos of uh, Mustard. I saw Mustard over there. I didn't even know it was him at first. The guy lost a lot of weight. I was tripping out on Mustard. I was like, damn, Mustard really lost a lot of weight. Like from from what uh, Ben Baller told me, he lost about 60 pounds. I was like, man, that's crazy, man. 60 pounds. Like Khaled can't even lose 60 pounds. You got to give it to Mustard, man. He's really working hard. Like he really wants to, he really wants to wear skinny jeans properly. And I didn't even recognize him at first. You know, like I, I took a picture and you could see him wear the 10 summers because nobody was taking, a, nobody was taking pictures of um, YG's crew that was wearing the 10 summers gear. You know, they, like when YG popped up, everybody, everybody just kind of surrounded YG. They just completely surrounded him all around. And it was, it was an interesting moment. And that was the time where I was like, 
completely surrounded by photographers. I mean, there were so many photographers. It was insane. I've never seen so many photographers in my life at once just trying to take YG's photo. And we all know the reason why, you know, photographers want to take YG's photos because Instagram clout. Oh, I shot YG's photo. I shot YG's photo. You know, it's like red, it's like red carpet photography. You know, you get, it's, it's the, uh, the battle of the hounds. Everybody just kind of just swarming on in. It's pretty crazy, man. I got to tell you, I've never seen anything like that. Cause again, I shoot cops and gang members. So whenever I go out and photo shoot, I don't have really any competition around me. I just kind of go do my thing and dip out. I think the only real competition when it comes to any kind of camera that's surrounded by me is the camera that's on the building or the camera that the officers wear or the people that hold their cell phones. That's about it. But when you have somebody like YG pull up at a Black Lives Matter protest, ah, man, I, I've seen, you know, what's interesting too, is I've seen so many photographers that talk shit to me on the, on Instagram. Not one of them said anything to me. Not one. Isn't that interesting? It's very funny how that works out sometimes. Not one said anything to me, you know, they, they, and they have all the energy in the world to repost my Instagram profile, talk their shit, give me more cloud as per usual, you know, cause they bring me more traffic. I've, you know, it's interesting. I've honestly made more fans off of my haters than I have in the organic way. I have so many fans that have followed me on social media that say, dude, I found you because somebody was talking shit about you and I looked at your page and I loved it. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Next thing you know, those people become (laughs) the irony and all that. It's funny. You know, they become my fans and they start supporting me and purchasing prints off of me. And I think that's great. I think that's a, I think that's a, that's a interesting way of, uh, of, you know, getting supporters. And people tell me all the time, dude, like you got a lot of haters and I, well, I have a lot of supporters too. I feel that my supporters and my haters, like I have more supporters than I do haters, you know, real shit. Because I got to tell you, I've been selling out prints like crazy and I don't think it's the haters that are buying my, my, my actual tangible product. It's the actual supporters out there that are purchasing my product and putting it on their wall because they know that the that the value that comes from it, you know, being a uh, native, you know, west side of Los Angeles, born and raised out here in the mean streets, still here, just moved up to the valley, you know, still considered LA County. But I mean, you're talking about another 15, 20 minutes into the deep down gritty part of the city. So, which is not a, which is not a bad part, you know? So I got to say that it's been, uh, it's been one hell of a journey throughout my whole life. I've never really experienced any other state. I've been here since day one, man. I, I got to be honest with you. I've been here ever since. I've never left anything to do with LA. Like I even tried sleeping in the 909 for like a weekend and it just doesn't feel right. I have to be in LA County or in downtown Los Angeles. And I'm always down there. I never, I've never left. Always down there. It's an, And it's always on the west side. Like I go to East LA sometimes, you know. I go down to South LA you know, in those parts, but... It doesn't feel right. Like my, my, my turf in my area is all the way in the west side of Los Angeles, you know, like starting in North Hollywood, you know, that part of the valley going down to MacArthur Park, Pico Union, and then making the roundabout going all the way back up to the valley again. So, I mean, again, that's my section. That's my area. That's where I like to, uh, you know, take my photos at, you know, so if you ever catch me, that's where I'm at. North Hollywood, all the way down to Pico Union, roundabout, go back. That's it. That's as far as I go. You know, people tell me all the time, they're like, man, why don't you come out to the OC? Too far. No. Uh, hey, why don't you come out to South Central? Maybe once in a while. Hey, come out to Watts. Mm. I, there's just more of a, there's more of a, an old school aesthetic 
to downtown Los Angeles. And like, I, I get that aesthetic from like watching growing up in that part of the area too. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of memories down there. I have so many memories, you know, from like my dad opening up one of the first video stores down there to working at the jewelry shop over on seventh and Broadway. You know, I mean, there's just been so much that I've, you know, grown up to. And my parents also, you know, like my dad, born and raised in downtown Los Angeles. People think like, oh, your dad is uh, born from the homeland in the old country. No, my dad was born in downtown Los Angeles and went to Belmont High School. Same with my mom, born in Los Angeles, went to Belmont High School. But people tell me all the time, they're like, dude, you're white, huh? Because of my skin color. So automatically they're, they're being r- racially biased towards me because of my skin color and the way I approach people, but they don't even know what the history of my background are, you know, but it's always the people that moved into the city that always read the the cover. You know, they always said there's an old saying, they said, don't judge a, don't judge a book by its cover. Well, people, 90% of the people, they're sheep. So they judge the book by the actual cover, which in this case, they're basically judging me by the cover and thinking that I'm a, I'm completely white Caucasian because my moniker is Blanco. And, you know, that was just the name that was given to me by, you know, the gangsters in the street of downtown Los Angeles because I was so fucking white compared to all my other friends that I was riding bicycles with and, you know, like playing hide and go seek. Everybody just called me Blanco. Never, nobody ever called me by my first name. So that was it. That was and when you grow up in a, in a predominantly Latino neighborhood, and we're talking back then, I'm not talking about this new generation. This new generation now is watered the fuck down. And there's a lot of kids in this new generation that said, fuck, man, like I was born in the wrong generation. Yeah, you were. It's fucked up. You know, like you technically were. So, uh, you know, playing outside as a kid, you know, in, in, the, uh, in, the early, in the early 90s, it was very unique. It was very unique. And this is something that... This is something that the movies don't, um, that the movies cannot explain. And a lot of people base their opinions on the streets of LA through movies, through YouTube, the more saturated product, but there's, there's nothing that they can get organically. Majority of these so-called photographers that are in Los Angeles, they've only really started like documenting. They, I don't even consider them documenting LA. Like if you're taking a picture of a fake chola on a fucking lowrider bicycle in front of a lowrider with a palm tree in the background, that ain't documenting Los Angeles. I'm sorry, man. Or if you get a, if you get a, a, a mountain photographer, mountain slash surfer slash model photographer, and he wants to start shooting LA, but they have, they, they don't know the origin of it. They don't know the story. They don't know the gang ties. They don't know the birth of the gangs in the city. And they always have the excuse. Why does it always have to be about that? Because that's what it is, man. LA wouldn't be LA without LAPD. LA wouldn't be LA without the gang members in the city. LA wouldn't be LA without the dope fiends, the pushers and the fucking prostitutes, man. Look, there was a time and place before all these fucking weirdos and the Instagram and the social media kicked in. Like I remember prostitution used to go all the way up on fucking Western, like Western and third, all the way in Koreatown. I remember those days. That shit was crazy. You'd have the pimps hanging out on, um, what was it called? Manhattan street. They were kicking out on Manhattan street and on third and Western, you'd see like fucking prostitutes walking up and down the street. If you went up on, on Santa Monica and Western, that's where you see more of the, um, transgendered prostitutes I used to walk up and down the street at that time. It was crazy. Then if you go up towards Western and Sunset, that's where the gorilla pimps used to kick it out. The gorilla pimps were always posted over there and prostituting. Uh, uh, they were, um, what's the, I guess like the, now the, 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 you don't say prostitution, you say human trafficking, you know, that well back then it was just called pimping. Everybody wanted to be a pimp back then. Like it was a thing, man. That was like a fucking actual thing. I remember that. Like, 
being a pimp was a thing. Now, females don't even need a pimp. They just pimp themselves online. You know, they go to OnlyFans or they, they work at the strip club and, you know, they kind of they kind of finesse themselves into seeing what you got in your pockets and seeing what they can give up and, you know, kind of ride that thing. You know what I mean? And you just hit them with the cash app and that's it. It makes it a lot more difficult for Vice to really kind of, you know, track down these these things. I remember when LAPD used to track down through Craigslist, like Craigslist was a major part. I feel like like there used to be a part in Craigslist where it was called casual encounters. And it was crazy because in casual encounters, people used to post up like, oh, uh, one hour of massage, one hour of massage with uh, 200 roses, Mm -hmm, 200 roses. It was crazy, man. Like casual encounters on Craigslist was fucking insane. Like they had every type of genre for whatever kind of freak you are. LA was, Hollywood was always known for that. Like Hollywood was always known at the time for drugs, people who just never got their stardom in the, in the music career or acting career and prostitution. There was a time in the nineties in Hollywood where all you saw was adult stores, XXX glowing lights, XXX glowing lights, prostitutes walking up and down the street. Like this was the norm. But this new generation now, now you get like the, now you get all the, uh, oh my God, we're here from the OC. We're here from Arizona State. We're like living in Hollywood on La Brea. Oh, I just moved here from Miami. How long have you been here for? I've been here for quite a while. What's a while? Oh, I moved in in 2010. Yeah, man. Uh, Yeah, you didn't even know what Hollywood, Hollywood used to be crazy, man. Like Hollywood was gang bang central. People don't even know about that. That Hollywood was literally Chicano barrios everywhere. I mean, you had... 18th Street, you had uh, uh, West Side Rebels, you had TMC, you had MS, you had Sur Trece. I mean, there was even a point of, um, there was even like a small hood called Alki Boys, Virginia, uh, Virginia Street Locals, La Mirada Locals. I mean, AP was over there too. Hollywood was, f- oh, White Fence, not to mention White Fence also. Oh, and did I mention TMC? Yeah, West Side TMC, um, the Magician's Club. They had a unique name for a gang, the Magician's Club. Because I remember one time I bumped into a dude from Eastside TMC and I'm like, oh, you're from Magician? They're like, hell no, we're from the Mob Crew. I was like, oh, there's Mob Crew and there's the Magician's Club. It was trippy. So Hollywood was just a fucking war zone. This is before the, the, you know, the, I call them the gentrifiers moved into the city and they started cleaning up the city. Dude, it was fucking nuts. Hollywood Boulevard was completely like, you couldn't be on Hollywood Boulevard without getting hit up by a dude from 18. It was fucking nuts, like like Hollywood and Highland, and it was crazy because before the Kodak Theater, there used to be um, all the homeless used to kick it over there. So it was like a tra- it was like a transient motel. There wasn't a Kodak Theater back in the day. People people like when I tell people that they get baffled by it. They're like, "Are you serious?" I was like, "Yeah, man. There there never used to be a Kodak Theater there. It was a bunch of fucking hotels. Selma, um, what was it? Selma, Selma and Blair." Or Selma and Wilcox. Yeah, Selma and Wilcox. Holy shit. Selma and Wilcox was a major dope spot in Hollywood. People in their 40s and in their 30s are going to know that part of Hollywood. It was fucking dangerous. Now, if you go over there now, it's like completely gentrified. It's total Disneyland down there. Before Selma and Wilcox, holy shit. Was Selma? Yeah, was Selma. Selma and Wilcox. Yeah, that's correct. There There was a motel on the corner over there. Boy, oh boy, that was dope fiend heaven over there. I mean, you're talking about slanger, pusher, gangster, prostitute. I mean, it was fucking danger zone. 
And the officers back then, like they, they had a rough job, you know, working back then because that's some hard ass crime. Like gangsters had, had, had a rough time. Like it wasn't easy. There was no fucking cell phones. Like you, man, like people don't know like how safe they are in this generation. Like this generation now is so Mickey Mouse. I love this generation because of the technology that we have, but it's so fucking Mickey Mouse at the same time too, because back then, if you wanted to call someone you got, and you didn't have a phone in your house, you got to go hit the payphone. Do you know how dangerous it was to go use a payphone? See, people that didn't grow up in Los Angeles and grew up at that time would never understand it. It was so fucking dangerous to use a payphone in Los Angeles, especially if you dressed up as the style of a gang member, but you never gangbanged because that's the style, that was the style back then. Holy shit, man. Like you had to be careful. It was funny because there was an actual payphone on Normandy and first right after Beverly. Yeah. If you go down Normandy after you pass Beverly on the left-hand side on first, I believe it's first on the corner of first and fucking Normandy. There's a broken cell phone over there. Just imagine the gang members from 18 had to go fucking make a, imagine you're on a corner street calling someone back in the nineties, how fucking dangerous it was. I mean, man, like you, you, you figure the amount of people that passed away in Koreatown, you figure the amount of people that passed away in Hollywood from gangbanging, like all the fucking lost souls that just creep through Hollywood and downtown Los Angeles fucking baffles me. K-Town was dangerous as fuck too, man. Me and Ben Baller, we have conversations about K-Town all the time. He's, he's, he's OG, man. You know, Ben is OG. So he knows about K-Town way before me because he's in his fifties and you know, he, he, Hey, he has major years you know, and, and seeing a lot of shit, but, but because I hung around in that area for years and years and years, I used to see all the fucking drama that happened down there, dude. K-Town was fucking dangerous. Like you couldn't go down on fucking Beverly and Catalina or Beverly and fucking Alexandria. Like it was fucking dangerous, dude. Like going down on fucking Alexandria and first, good luck. Good luck. Back then, motherfuckers didn't give a fuck back then. They'll fucking shoot from their apartment building and you'll get lit up. And that's like if your car matched the enemigo's car that was from MS or 18 or who else was down there? There was there was other hoods that were down there. Clanton. Clanton used to be near K-Town. That was like the big... Clanton was like basically like... Mm, like borderline Hollywood, borderline K-Town because they were like in the Melrose area. And uh, like, I'm talking about Melrose area, the other side of Melrose, not the Melrose that majority of you guys are used to on Melrose and Fairfax. I'm talking about the other side of Melrose when you exit off the 101 freeway. Yeah, the sketchy side of Melrose. That shit is hood as fuck, but they cleaned it up. It used to be dangerous as fuck. And there used to be another hood back then. I remember it used to see BDS all the time. I was like, what the fuck's BDS? Black Diamonds. Black Diamonds. Damn, you had Black Diamonds, you had C14 fuck you had all kinds of shit down there man i mean gang banging was so crazy in koreatown that even if you were a reject from a gang the rejects from a gang would start a fucking gang like i remember there was one called harvard street locals one time i was like what no kidding like they weren't like a 13 or anything they were just called harvard street locals and it was rejects from different gangs rejects from ms rejects from uh uh fucking um wherever you know all over and they just started their own shit called Harvard Street Locals. I remember that one time. I was like, what the fuck, Harvard Street Locals? Because I heard them. I remember when my dad took me to John's one time and we were grocery shopping. And I heard some guy say, Harvard Street Locals. I was like, what the fuck's that? My dad's like, oh, it's a reject. My dad said reject gang. I'm like, what the fuck's reject gang? Like, it never resonated with me as a kid. But it was a trip, man. Like, 
you'd have all these like little mini gangs all around the city, all around the big gangs. Now it's fucking dead. It's fucking dead now. Like you don't see any action, you know? And like now being older and wiser and smarter, like I'm doing my photography now, I want a photo shoot and document, but there, there isn't really any gang members out there. There really isn't. Like if they do come out, they come out like at 3 a.m. And I go to bed by like fucking 12, man. I'm not trying to stay out till fucking 3 a.m. to document. It wasn't like that before. It was all about like, oh shit, Friday night, motherfucking house parties everywhere, apartment parties, block parties, like active shit. Nowadays, nobody gives a fuck. Let's go to a bar in Ventura, bro. Let's go drink some IPA. And when you go to a bar, what do you see? You see people all on their cell phones. Everybody's on their cell phone at the bar. Nobody socializes with each other anymore. So that's why I say, I'm like, what's the whole point of going out to a bar? Nobody really socializes. Everybody's on their fucking phone. You might as well just buy beer and hang out at your own house. I know I do. I don't see what the whole point is. I just feel like it's a complete waste, waste of money and a waste of time for me. I can understand if it's somebody's birthday, but again, everybody's just going to pop up with their phone. Why not just have a house party? Even house parties, man, like to even think that that like house parties don't exist anymore. That's fucking crazy, dude. Like I would have never thought that because that was like a complete religious tradition was house party every single weekend, Friday, boom, like Thursday, you would find out about the party. Okay, cool. The party's going to be over here. Boom. They changed the address, you know, and people think that the party line used to find parties. Mm -mm, No, the party line was just a hookup line. You know, that's all it was. If somebody gave you a number and it was a pager number, it was a pager number with an actual voicemail because if you had a pager back then, you can leave like, I think it's like a 15 second. It was like, yeah, it was about 15 seconds. It was 15 to 20 seconds. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is so-and-so from party crew. We're going to be having a party over here in Panorama City. And if you go up fucking north off, you're going to make a ride on Caster and then you're going to make a left and make a right. And the party's on beep, beep, beep. And you had to call it again and you had to call it again, you know, just so you could find the directions. Motherfuckers didn't have cell phones like that. I would say like the cell phone game like really kicked in was like 2002, 2003. But then people didn't use their cell phones for the internet. Like the internet wasn't even a fucking thing. Like nobody even thought about the internet. Like if you had the internet, you would go on like CompuServe chat or AOL chat. And it's like ASL, age, sex, location, age, sex, location, age, sex, location. Like, and you just had to go off of what somebody told you. That was like the first time of what Tinder really was back then. You couldn't just like, you had to assume, oh, I'm slim, I'm thick in the right places, pero like. And, you, and when they say like slim, thick, they're overweight every time. It was fucked up. You get like, this is before the word catfish was even catfish. Like, ah, oh, man, I got fucked over. <sighs> shit like that was crazy man and then using a cell phone after 7 p.m like if you had singular wireless you would have to use a cell phone after 7 p.m if you had like uh what was it gsm it was gsm mobile or nextel it was free after 9 p.m yeah it was free after even t-mobile and sprint free after 9 p.m like that's why everybody jumped on singular wireless they used to promote that all the time free after 7 p.m enjoy your weekends for free and then after 7 p.m You could have met like, I remember the days before text messaging, like if somebody called me at like 2 p.m. in the afternoon on my cell phone, I was like, hey, bro, you're killing my minutes, bro. You're killing my minutes. That would, that used to be a thing back then when people used to be like, bro, you're killing my minutes. Like they used to charge you by the fucking minute. Bro, you're killing my minutes. Call me after seven, dog. Call me after seven. Or or if you didn't even have the singular wireless, call me after 9 p.m. Call me after 9 p.m., G. 
That shit was fucking insane back then, man. What a time. What a time. How, how completely spoiled we are. Now it's like you start beef on Instagram without even meeting the person or even talking to the individual or even like shaking that individual's hand. People like starting beef with each other. But it's again, it's, it's saturated beef. You know, it's, it's McDonald's beef. It's, it's kitty beef. It's weak ass beef. It's beef that they won't do shit. It's, they get, they have like a, a power struggle through the, uh, through the uh, liquid retina display on their iPhone. That's what they have, a power struggle. Fuck you, bro, you're this. Okay, you didn't grow up in the 90s. I know that for a fact. And you new generation. Screenshot this, screenshot, report him. He's not a real gangster. (laughs) You're saying he's not a real gangster, but report him. Do you hear yourself? (laughs) Report him. (laughs) Report him. Fuck the police, but report him. Go do your, like, fucking people are weird. Now, this new generation's fucked. Goddamn, like, when I went, I, I don't want to talk about the protest, but I have to fucking say this. The type of people, like, look, when I went, when I thought about Black Lives Matter and I went to these protests, I thought gangsters were going to come out, motherfuckers in blue and red rags, Latinos from Latino gangs were going to come out representing. Huh? Motherfucker? All I saw was fucking... Jeffrey and Zamar and fucking Chad. Black Lives Matter, bro. The same people that stand in line for a Supreme drop or an FTP drop or like back in the day in the early 2000s, the diamond drop were the same people that were protesting. It baffled the fuck out of me. I'm over here looking like growing up in the, in the era of Rodney King riots. I'm like, yo, this is fucking crazy. It's a bunch of little kids. Like, I look at their shoes, and I'm like, what are they, how do they wear their shoes? Bunch of fucking little kids. You don't see grown-ass adults. These are like kids in their early 20s that just recently moved to L.A. They didn't even grow up in Los Angeles. Some of them just came from, like, Hermosa Beach just to say, Black Lives Matters! And he's, like, white as fuck. Look, I get that you're pushing a positive movement, but, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's weird. And most, and, and like, I don't want to get into the political part of it, but I've seen some videos online where there's like a, (laughs) this is like a monopoly, man. Like there's like more of a deeply rooted cause of what's going on with the whole protesting and how it's like a distraction for a bigger issue that's behind it. And I don't want to really talk about that on here. Like you guys can really figure it out, but some people are just like, nope, we didn't want to see that. Like even if LAPD were walking like hardcore Christians, not causing any crime, ignoring it. Look, here's the thing. I'll give you an example. If LAPD said, yeah, go do whatever the fuck you want. Some guy robs a woman, right? Or beats a woman or rapes a woman. Why don't you do your job officer? Why don't you, you just told us to defund the police. Now you want us to help you out. You just told us like, fuck the police and everything. Now you want us to help you out. See, people don't fucking think they, they're sheep. They're sheep. That's all they're doing. They're sheep to the ones that have the money that are protected by the, the, the mansions that they live in. So they're not worried about you. They're only worried about their cause. It's, it's, it's a fact. As, as crazy as it sounds, it's a fact. Do you think that those celebrities will give their life for you? Come on, man. Open up your eyes, Craig. <laughs> really think that these celebrities give a fuck about you come on man you know i heard something today with like the donations where they're going to oh my god i i really hope this isn't true but sources are leading that it is like i'm like 
yo, where's all these donations going to? Like these millions and millions of dollars. Like, is it just going into a cloud that says black lives? Like who gets that money? Like whose account is that going to? Because let me tell you something. We've seen these donations, but are we going to see a change in the ghetto? Are we going to see a change in MacArthur Park? Like, bro, like people just don't think. Because the police being so populated in the streets, you never saw gang members anymore. Because police were so active through the streets. I was like, fuck, dude, like where are all the gang members at? Now, when the police, like this is what I saw as a photographer, as a journalist, when I saw the police on tack alert going out to all these protests and everything, boy, oh boy. I saw dudes from CRS hanging out on the corner. I saw dudes from a hood called CAR. I saw dudes from MS posted up. Like everybody started coming back out because they're like, oh, the hurrah's not here, dog. Let's go outside. Fucking they're over there posted up. Ever since the whole tack alert happened, bro, I've seen more graffiti than I've ever seen before. I've seen more gang graffiti hit up, like eyebuster graffiti. Like shit that takes time. Like you got to keep a lookout. Oh, there's a, trusha, trusha, dog. There's a fucking hoodah right there, dog. <sighs> Shit's wild, man. Shit's fucking wild. Like again, you know, coming in as a photographer, I want to get the most cynical shit. I want to get, I want to see LAPD like RoboCop and shit and throw motherfuckers, you know what I mean? And like do shit, you know, I want to see that shit because it's good for the footage. No, man, that should only be for the movies, bro. Defund the police. We should live like the Masons. Shut up. Come on, be realistic. Think outside the box. Fuck you, fool. I'm going to get more likes if I say Black Lives Matters. Okay, Black Lives do matter. I get that. I get that point. But think logistically. Think outside the box, man. A lot of these motherfuckers, a lot of these dudes never even been through the county line, man. They don't even know what it's like to go hit GP. You know what I mean? Like, they never, they don't know. They don't know. Oh, what are you trying to say? That I got to get busted in order to... Look, man, you've never been in the streets like that, so you wouldn't know. You wouldn't fucking know. You wouldn't last. You'll get packed out quick and flip the flip a switch and be like, fucking PC. Come on, man. I'm telling you, man. There's so many fucking clowns out here, man. This new, I'm telling you, this new generation's trash. This new generation's fucking basur. I don't even say basura because they don't even earn the extra A. I just say basur. Straight up. Straight basur. They only attacked on social media. They can't really do shit in person. It sucks. They're not organized like that, man. I mean, you have to understand, these kids really grew up on, you know, they, they grew up on, 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 Dis, on, on Disney, Doug. See, I grew up on Nickelodeon, Doug. They grew up with Disney, Doug. Oh, my God. Anti-bullying. We grew up on Nickelodeon, Doug. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. You grew up with Disney, Doug. I grew up on Nickelodeon, Doug. That's what makes us different. <laughs> That's... That's a good one right there. I like that. But, you know, like I said, man, you know, much much respect to the to the to the guys, to the new guys, you know, that that support their community, you know? There there are people. I feel like in this generation now that if you grow up in a predominantly hood area, you know, I know a couple of people that grew up in the projects and they're applying to be LAPD. I think that's the best thing you can ever do. You're basically policing your own community than having some guy that comes from fucking, you know, uh, Rancho Cucamonga and like never dealt with, um, never in his life dealt with like, uh, you know, a, pover a poverty community, never dealt with it, you know, 
and then you're going to put him in a place with all this shit going on. Like, dude, he's going to fucking lose his composure quick. It happens. People snap. Well, you guys, let's go ahead and do a Q&A. Let's go ahead and see, because usually my Q&As are pretty, uh, pretty insane. So we have somebody from, uh, we have somebody named uh, Joe Garcia said, love the podcast, brother. Keep doing what you do. Thank you, Joe Garcia. I really appreciate that. We got Gonzo. Gonzo said, community in LA, ready to adopt and take San Fran? Man, let me tell you, I just seen that today where San Francisco basically announced that the police and SF said, if you have like an issue with like a transient or if you have like a, I, I believe if it's not like, if it's like a nonviolent crime, police aren't going to go deal with that shit. They're like, you know what? Deal with that shit yourself. Deal with that shit yourself. Why are you, you guys were yelling and yipping and yapping saying defund the police. Now, you know what you're doing? You're putting your fucking aunts. You're putting people's mothers, people, people who are disabled. What if you see a disabled person? Are you going to be fucking Captain Savaho? Are you going to be Meteor Man? You guys know about Meteor Man? Oh no, what's that, bro? I didn't grow up in that generation. What are you going to, you think that we live in a generation where we got Batman and Spider-Man? No, we got cops in the street. There's good cops and there's cops that just can't handle it, but the department handles that shit. Like the cop in Hollenbeck that took off, the, the guy worked, what, 25 years in the, in, the, in, the, in the business? He was in his 40s. He fucked up his whole career because he lost his composure. LAPD said, fuck that. We're pressing charges on you. But people don't want to talk about that. They want to say, oh, it's because of us we did that. No, motherfucker. They, they, like people think that, see, what's the word that I'm looking for? People have, they're short-term minded, right? So they, they basically think like, okay, a cop did something bad. You have to hang him at the stake right away. We don't live in that generation. Shit takes time. Shit takes time. Like, that's why I'm saying a lot of people that get arrested or been detained, like, you don't know, dude, if you got arrested on a fucking Monday, you're not going to go to court till maybe next Wednesday. <laughs> you know, like if you get busted on a Thursday, you're not going to go to court till probably next Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like people don't know that, that there's a fucking process, uh, you know, because we're dealing with, we're dealing with a community that's never been in trouble. We're dealing with a community that are complete fucking sheeps. We're dealing with a community that have been privileged their whole life. I, I wasn't privileged, motherfucker. I wasn't privileged. I wish I was privileged. People tell me, you're white. I wish I was privileged. I didn't grow up in a household with beautiful things in my house. Fuck no, you did. Not me, you did. I grew up in the fucking barrio where helicopters and sirens and uh, corridos were playing and fucking razas all around, you know? Hey, que on the way? Come that way. All this, like, I'm over here growing up hearing all this shit. Dad, can I get some new shoes? No, I can't. Can't afford it. Damn. Dad, can I get some new clothes? Can I get these Tommy Hilfiger jeans? Can't afford it. Damn. You know? So that builds a mindset of being growing up and trying to hustle your way through it, you know? Damn, you mean to tell me if I do this and this and this and I can get some nice clothes and meet girls? It's fucked up back then, but a lot of people never grew up in that generation. They don't understand it. They don't get it. They're fucking privileged. You know, like I said, man, I'm not kidding you. I swear to God, everything I, I love. When I went to the Beverly and Fairfax protest, I've never seen so many people fucking cry when they got, when they got um, uh, detained by officers with zip ties, not even handcuffs, zip ties. My friend brought me here, officer. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. 
motherfucker, you were just saying defund the police, fuck the police. Now all of a sudden you're fucking breaking down like a Korean lawn chair? Come on, homie. Fucking bitch. You're a fucking bitch. I swear to God, man, that's what these dudes do. They hit and run. That's what they do. I'm not kidding you, man. LAPD stand there professionally. They weren't even doing, I have it all documented on video, but people don't want to hear this. They want to hear that cops were agitators. Motherfucker, you're throwing an M80 at a cop. What do you expect to happen to the crowd? What do you expect for them to just stand there? If somebody threw an M80 at me and I had a fucking rubber bullet gun, I'm just going to go, fuck you for throwing an M80 at me. You guys are damaging the area. There was no fucking peaceful protest in downtown Los Angeles and in, at the Beverly area. I don't know who fucking created that shit. There was no cop around. They just parked one cop vehicle and they set it on fire. And then when the cops come and start hitting everybody with 40 millimeters, fuck you, fuck you, fuck the police, fuck the police. Look, they hit us. Did you see you? They hit us. Motherfucker, look behind you. You just vandalized stores. You fucking burned a car on fire. A cop wasn't even around when you did that. You did that on your own. These anarchists, man. And I seen that shit. Oh, no, fuck you, dog. I see what you're trying to do, dog. You're trying to change our mind. Nobody's trying to change your fucking mind. Think logistically. Look, look who you're look who you're standing next to when you're protesting. You're standing next to a fucking coward. Let me tell you something. Nobody was helping each other out at those fucking protests. The only people that were really helping out were just trying to give out waters and snacks and stuff like that. If you fell to the floor, do you think people would pick you up? Hell motherfucking no, they didn't give a shit about you. All they cared about was their fucking selves. Trust me, man. And I, and I seen all this shit and I'm like, man, you guys are fucking fraudulent. I don't think that this isn't like I was tripping out, like seeing these people. I'm like, these people are not from L.A. There's no fucking way these people are from L.A. Who are these people? Me, me being born, bred and raised in L.A. Like these motherfuckers came from Iowa fucking shooting mountains and shit. And like, yeah, bro, I got a fucking nice place over here in Boyle Heights. I live over here in downtown, bro. Fucking yeah. Defund the police. Shut your ass up, dog. You don't know what it's like when the gangsters come out and they start really taxing your ass, you fucking idiot. Let 18 band up. Let MS band up. Let CRS band up. And you're a fucking white... You're, I'm not even going to say white. I'm not even going to be biased like that. Uh, you're, you're, just, you're just an out-of-towner living in the area. You think that they're going to fucking be calm to you? Hell motherfucking no, bro. I remember the days that if, if you were just a regular person, you'd get attacked. You get fucking attacked if you were just a regular person walking through somebody's hood. No fucking kidding. That's how shit used to be back in the day. If you weren't affiliated in that neighborhood and you were just a random person, who the fuck are you, dog, walking in my hood? Who the fuck are you? And then you get beat up and then who you gonna call? You ain't gonna call the Ghostbusters. Motherfucker, you gonna call the police because you, your ass just got beat up for walking in the wrong territory. I'm telling you, LAPD had the gangs under control, man. Like they were putting in work. I seen that shit. I was like, God damn. You know, that's why you never seen gangbanging anymore. That's why people are like, fuck dog, it's not the same anymore. Well, yeah, because LAPD shut shit down. They fucking work hard to make peace in the neighborhood because you have those parents out there. You got those new generation of kids that want to grow up and do something with their lives. People are backwards, man. You know, this ain't, this ain't the fucking 90s where we have like crooked police. Nowadays, if you, if, if you want to attempt to be a crooked cop, you, you, man, homie, like, they're going to catch on to that shit quick. And they got zero tolerance for that. Serious shit. They got zero tolerance for that shit. This ain't the 90s anymore. We're not de dealing with Robert Duvall and Pac-Man. 
You know what I mean? Like the people, th- people watch way too many fucking movies. I'm a big movie fanatic. And let me tell you something. A lot of these guys that go out here and talk about their activist and like, dude, shut the fuck up. Stay home. You're only an activist on Instagram. If you didn't have Instagram, what the fuck would you do? What would you do? It's like that song. What would you do? By Easy E. What would you do? That's what it is, man. But thank you for the question, Gonzo. Uh, we got another question by Mojica. I can't even pronounce your name, man. Like your name's fucked up, uh, but it's Mojica. When did you start shooting? So here's the thing. I've always got into photography. Like I've always been, um, I've always had an interest in photography, but if you were to tell me as a kid in the nineties, like, Hey, there's going to be a program called Instagram and it's going to be on your phone. Number one, I would have been like, shut up. Like there's no such thing as a phone that has something called Instagram and a screen on it. There's no such thing. I was used to the phone of turning the dial. People don't remember that. I thought I was fully advanced when I had a VTech phone in my room. Mom, for Christmas, can I get a line in my room <laughs> with a see-through VTech phone? <laughs> I had a green one, man. I remember that shit. Mom was like, okay, well, you're going to pay for the bill. I remember that. All right, cool. The bill was like 20 bucks a month. I was like, hell yeah. I had a little job. I was working at Vons. You know, had my work permit. I had my own line to my room. I was like, hell yeah. I don't have to share the phone with my mom. Hell yeah. You know? Because every time I'd be on the phone, I'd be like, yeah, what's up? He'd be like that. Blanco, get your ass off the phone. <laughs> Most embarrassed. You want to talk about embarrassment. That shit was fucking embarrassing. Yeah, man. It's, uh, those were the days. Those were the days. But uh, coming back to, I'm getting, I'm getting deterred off the, the question. Um, I really took photography serious after Sycamore, who is uh, Travis Scott's manager, was following me on Instagram because I was treating my Instagram like a, um, I was treating my Instagram like a Tumblr. That's how I was treating it, like a Tumblr page. And then with that, as treating it like an actual Tumblr page, I was just kind of posting up cool shit. And then Sycamore's like, dude, you got an eye for like the way you like put shit together. Have you thought about shooting photos? I said, no, I've never thought about that. You know, so I started photo shooting and I bought my first camera, which was a Yashica T4, 35 millimeter film camera back in 2018. And I just, I never thought about rules of thirds or competition or ISO. I didn't know that. I just know how to point and shoot. Done. That's all I knew how to do. So I'd say like I really took it seriously by like January of 2020. I said, you know what? When I got my first uh, mirrorless DSLR camera and I got my first rangefinder, which is my Contax G2, I fucking love that camera. I fucking love that camera so much. I've really taken it seriously. I had no idea. Dude, like I remember when I used to make beats, nobody would buy my beats, right? Maybe I just didn't know how to market it. Like it wasn't a tangible product. Like I used to make beats and hip hop and everything. Like nobody was really like, I had people like, yeah, bro, it's cool. Can I lease it for $25? What? Now I sell prints for like one, like a hundred to 150 bucks, you know? And like, I got people buying it back to back to back. I'm like, wow. You know? So I started saying, you know what? I want to, I don't want to make like, I don't want to be a print service where I just print for everyone. I'm just going to do 10 prints at a time. Keep that shit limited. Keep it limited. Cause I feel like, I feel like what I shoot, nobody else can shoot. No fucking way. No fucking way. And I got the legend Estevano Royal liking every single one of my photos. I love it, dude. Much love to Estevano Royal who really kind of opened my eyes to uh barrio photography, man. The legend, 
you know, and so dope, man, to have somebody like that, that I can look up to and be like, damn, man, like you're, you're the way you photo shoot is just fucking intense. You know, you just got to pick up the steps on where they left off, you know, because a lot of those guys that get older, you know, it is what it is. And it's up to us as y- younger photographers to go out there and really kind of continue that that legacy. You don't see me fucking taking these golf wing and fucking gang gang weirdo photos. I don't do that shit. I take fucking real street L.A. photos. That's what I shoot. You know. And uh, yeah, but that was a good question. Good question. Let's see what else we got over here. Um, God, this is a long one right here. Let's see. Let's see. You still keep in touch with your parents? Of course I still keep in touch with my parents. Why, 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 why wouldn't I keep in touch with my parents? You know? You know, let's see. Let's see. I got one right here. Oh, Kaya has a good one right here. What do you think about Brianna Taylor's case? I want to say that the prints and podcasts have been on point. Much love. I think it's fucked up. And I think those officers do need to get charged. That shit was fucked up. Like, yo, you go into the wrong fucking house. That's bad, man. That's really fucking bad. And you like that shit is just bad. And I mean, I, I, I really have a feeling that you know, like the killers, the, the, the officers that murdered uh, Breonna Taylor are going to be charged. It's a fucked up situation. Like that's, that's a fucked up situation, you know, and uh, shout out to Kaya, man, um, purchased uh, three of my prints, you know, she's a big supporter. She purchased three of my, uh, my prints. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, looks like that's it with all the, with all the questions on here, you know, like I've been, uh, I got a lot of people just hitting me up with like different questions and answers and all that stuff, which is pretty cool, you know, but, um, other than that, yeah, man, you know, so I guess, uh, that's it with the podcast, man. Look at us. We're like, uh, 45 minutes in. I love it, man. You know, I love it. I love talking shit. I love it. Like, dude, if I can do this full time, like I would love to, and this is episode five, man. Like how, I can't, I can't believe the amount of views and the amount of people that listen to me talk shit. You know what the best part is? No matter how many people I block, 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 block on Instagram, I'm so fucking dope they keep on coming back. I am so fucking dope they keep on coming back. And they're listening to my voice, giving me the, giving me the view and the listen. I love it. I love it. That's the best part about this. This, this is why I do this podcast is because... You know, I get the people that hate on me, that dislike me, but they can't stay away though. I think the best, I think that's the reason why uh, 6 9 is so popular. God damn, he just dropped a, a song with, with Nicki Minaj in not even 24 hours hit over 11 million views. <laughs> what? 11 million views. And this guy's, he, you know what I mean? Like he embraces that he's a snitch. He embraces this. The guy's fucking bawling, not giving a fuck, laughing at everybody with the middle fingers up. <laughs> like, like, that shit is crazy, man. 11 million views? What? Less than 24 hours? Yo. Each fucking post he posts up, he gets 25,000 comments. Over 25,000. It's insane. They just can't stay away from him. You like if you see a six nine post, you're gonna see it. You know, it's just what it is. 
people don't really care in this generation of, they don't know the difference of what's real, what's not real, this and that. They don't know. They don't know. And it's always the person that doesn't have face are the ones to call you out on some bullshit. It's always that. It's always the person that doesn't have face. It's always the fake profiles on the internet. Let's be real, man. I've been doing this for years now. I've been on Instagram since 2014. I know I've been on Instagram since 2011, but I deleted my profile and I got back on in 2014. Let me tell you, man, people do not approach you. People do not do this. They just, especially the photographer community, they're just not built that way. They're just not built that way. I'm still here. They won't do shit. Nothing. The, the most, the most that somebody will do when they dislike you is give you the view. But what does view cost? View equals uh, view actually equals money. Give me the view. That's great. I'm loving it as much as I can. All right. Let's see. We got another question here by uh, C Mora 21. Favorite moment in LA history that you've captured? Ooh, favorite moment in LA history that I've captured. Bro, I mean... I wouldn't say the protests because I got, I, I personally, me as a, as, as a photographer, I personally got, okay, because I'm not a part of the protest. First off, I want to make that clear. I'm not, I'm not on either side. You know, I support, I support people in protesting as far as what's going on with the cause. I support good cops. Simple as that. And you can't hold me at the stake for it. Do whatever you want with that. Simple. Um, I wouldn't say that in LA history. A lot of people will say that in this new generation. I would have to say the best time was early 2000s when I, uh, you know, brought a camera to backyard house parties and I would capture photos from these house parties that I've never put out on the internet. I have photos from like house parties that I've never posted out on the internet. And when you look at those photos, nobody has their phone out, nothing. Everybody's just having a good time, partying, dancing. It's not like that anymore, man. That was probably the best part of LA history that I would say was going out to the club and really standing in line waiting to get in, knowing composure, knowing patience. Nowadays, everybody's so impatient. That's why songs are like one to two minutes where back then songs used to be like five minutes. It's crazy, man. I trip out off that shit big time. So yeah, that was that was probably the best time was the house parties. The house parties were the greatest time ever. Yep. Let's see what else we got. Well, I mean, that's it with the questions, man. You know, um, yeah. Other than that, you guys, looks like we're pushing into almost an hour. Much love and respect to you guys. And uh, thank you for tuning in to the Where I Grew Up To podcast. And uh, we're going to go ahead and take it away. We're out. <laughs>